Welcome back to the podcast. Finally, I'm Glenn Hawke, and it is great to once again bring you an episode of Blue Sox Banter. Well, it's been almost a month, and, and what a crazy month it has been for, for all of us uh, involved in baseball, and, and I suppose everyone right around Australia and indeed the world. Uh, this COVID-19 has just, well, it's uh, taken a grip on everywhere in the world. It's some places more so than others, but it's certainly affected the Australian Baseball League, and the last time we chatted was the, the morning of the opening series against the Melbourne Aces, uh, an outstanding first game by the Sydney Blue Sox taking that one. We went we went uh, one game apiece for the opening two games and then it was all over Red Rover. Their borders closed in Melbourne. The Aces went back to Melbourne and it has been, I suppose, chaos has ensued ever since. Um, the, the Sydney Blue Sox have been working incredibly hard with, along with the ownership group right around Australia and, of course, with the ABL to do the very best they can to get baseball back up and running. It's been fantastic to see the Melbourne Aces and the, and the Canberra Cavalry playing a few series, uh, Adelaide Giants. The Brisbane guys have had their futures team as well just to get some some baseball in. But unfortunately for the Sydney Blue Sox, there has been no baseball. Uh, an incredible amount of work, though, has been happening behind the scenes with, with government agencies and a whole range of other stakeholders to try and get baseball back uh, we are getting closer to what should should really be the end of the 2021 regular season, but uh, only two games have been played. And with that, uh, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to catch up with the Sydney Blue Sox owner and CEO, Adam Dobb, to get an update from him straight from the horse's mouth as to where we're up to, um, what's the state of play for the Sydney Blue Sox, and in fact, if we will get any baseball this year. I called up with him. This morning, recording this on Wednesday morning. Let's hear what he had to say. Adam, thanks for joining us first and foremost, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. Um, it's been a, a roller coaster ride. It's uh, it's been long. Yeah, look, I'm exhausted, but I'll I'm gonna keep gonna keep smiling and you know left foot after the right, and uh, we'll try and get this uh, this season moving forward. But yeah, mate, look, frust- lots of emotions, frustrating. Excited to be safe and healthy. I mean, we could be in other parts of the world right now and have a different drama. So my drama is just no baseball. So yeah, it's it is good to put that perspective on life at the moment. We look at what's happening in the UK. Everyone's locked down over there. Dramas yeah. everywhere in America and whatnot. Mate, let's go back a step. Um, it's been a it's been a few weeks since we've um, since we put a podcast out. But uh, last time we did, we were heading into the, the opening series. So much excitement around that opening game. A, a tremendous performance to win game number one there. The bats lit up. Uh, we got game number two, split the series, and then it was all over. COVID started to break out again. Melbourne went home, and from there, I can only imagine, or I can't even imagine, uh, how tough it has been for yourself, the coaching staff, and also the players, but also everyone around the league just scrambling to try and get something together without – with every day the goalposts changing. Yeah. Um, mate, yeah, look, a couple of things there. It was uh, it was so exciting to get that season finally here after six or seven months of wrestling COVID conditions and coming up with solutions and delays in schedules and we finally work it out and Australia seems like it's all, you know, a safe haven now and we've got no more COVID issues here and Thursday night comes around and, yeah, we, we beat the defending champions on uh, night one and we actually do it quite well and comfortably and uh, kickstart our season off. And 
then the COVID thing breaks and there was a risk that they weren't going to play on the Friday nights. They needed to get back to Victoria. And, um, mate, I am one of the most least patient individuals you'd ever know. Um, <laughs> this has really taught me <laughs> a bit of patience because it's just been the longest month of my life not knowing what tomorrow brings. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I suppose going back to that opening round, though, in in the week or two leading up to it, the clouds dispersed in every sense of the way. You know, the state government says we can have 100% of venue capacity at, uh, at events. It was, the biggest issue coming into that, that round one was whether it was going to rain or not. That was yeah. – and uh, phenomenally, we're able to get that uh, – and went home and then that uncertainty started to um i suppose started to build what were the the different happenings and the machinations going on behind the scenes i suppose that the fans wouldn't wouldn't have seen and, and probably wouldn't have cared to see or wanted to see but just around the league as well because obviously it wasn't just sydney who was affected every ball club you know perth has been shut down for ages yeah. borders had opened and closed there a couple of times but this this is, has been an issue right around the league yeah look uh, the amount of uh, calls that we get on. Um, one thing it has done is it's brought the ownership group of, of the teams closer together and, and a level of respect that we're all going through this. Yeah. Um, not everyone's ideas have been welcomed, but there's been lots of good ideas and collaboration. Um, probably, you know, the best way to describe it is um, probably twice a week there's some really lengthy uh, Zoom calls. Um, throwing up ideas and, you know, suggesting various things. And that collaboration's been difficult because you've got eight or well, six um, extremely passionate owners. Um, it just so happens that they all don't agree on the same thing. So at the end of the day, safety was always um, the prime concern. And, yeah, you're right, mate, um, you know, Perth tend to shut their borders quickly. Queensland, you know, Anastasia's not too far behind things. Um, Victoria's had a, a crazy six months down there, so he's ready to push the red button as well. <sighs> Mate, I, you almost you almost sometimes want to pinch yourself at, you know, how life has just changed for everybody. Yeah. Forget about the, the baseball phone calls I have. It's You can't read a news article at the moment without COVID affecting, you know, and hey, there's businesses that are, that are heavily affected right now by... Um, by this and, and, and livelihoods lost and loved ones lost. So, yeah, when I get on a call and discuss whether Sydney can play or not this weekend, it's kind of first world problems, isn't it? And it's, it's frustrating for me, but I'm also mindful that, yeah, in um, putting it into perspective, um, we'll get we'll get through this somehow. Mm. I heard a, another podcast uh, earlier this week where um, Paul Smith, who's the owner of the Sydney Kings, who... I suppose they're going through exactly the same situation at the moment. The Kings have, and, and the Illawarra Hawks, who are both based in New South Wales, have had to move out of the state, and they're really unsure as to when they come come back and, and will play games in New South Wales again. His biggest frustration around this was, I suppose, the political games around this and, and the inconsistencies around the state. I'm sure, you know, we don't need to dive deep on political issues here, but that must be a real frustration for the for the ownership group that you know, while there might be a handful of cases in different states, there seems to be just a different approach yep. by each one of them. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. It's it's hard to comment because I've I've never had a successful political argument in my life. Um, but the thing that's been most frustrating, uh, and I respect that they've got to make their own decisions, but it's almost like Australia just doesn't have a uniformed approach to managing border control. Um, so we are in the hands of uh, state politicians and premiers to make their own decisions. That's that's probably frustrating. Um, not necessarily critical. I mean, is there any re- any wonder why Queensland and Perth have zero to one cases at any time? Mm. Um, maybe it is that mass control. But um, yeah, look, it's frustrating, mate. And, and we talk about it, but we just know we can't change the decisions of those premiers. So we just got to follow the the rules of exemptions. We've got to wait for um, you know border releases, and we we listen to the news every day like everyone does, and we hope for a different announcement. We have a little bit of intel with the health uh, departments of each state. They can't give too much away because we don't know. And then when you just feel like you, you're getting a sniff, um, there was last Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, in the morning on um, Sunrise on the program, there was talks that Victoria's about to open its borders in New South Wales. That afternoon was when that rare case uh, raised its head in Queensland and Queensland goes into chaos and all the baseballers get out of Queensland head to Adelaide well, within 12 hours, Melbourne stopped talking about opening borders to anyone. Like, let's just reassess this whole situation. Yeah. So in the space of 12 hours, we go from, wow, Melbourne might be open to us, to now Melbourne don't, you know, talk about it as freely. So that's what's frustrating too, mate, is all good intentions and there could be a good news story tomorrow. Um, it can be within an hour that that changes dramatically. It's... The COVID updates online's almost like the Melbourne weather. Yeah, it's it, yeah, and it, and we've all seen, as you say, in different parts of life, it's it's changing rapidly, and we're not too sure which direction it's going to go. And it's a bit of a case of hanging on to your hats. But um, in the last twenty four hours or so, there's been some um, uh, information put out through the Sydney Blue Sox website and also social media channels as well around uh, potential series and what could be coming up. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Um, there was a chance we could be going and playing a, a three-way series with uh, with Melbourne and Canberra. What's the uh, the status with that, mate? Yeah, so there was there was two options for this weekend coming, um, and those were a series in Melbourne. The series in Melbourne was based on one of two factors: either a borders were open for Greater Sydney people, or b the government exemption was given to us to travel uh, via bus and stay together, go straight to the hotel, hotel to ground. It was almost like a hub scenario. So um, the borders haven't opened, but the exemption is still in and hasn't been rejected. But again, as you say, it's uh, Wednesday morning now. We're cutting it fine. Um, So the likelihood of Melbourne is now significantly reduced. The other option that was originally on one of the schedules and I was asked yesterday, I thought it had been squashed, is could we go to Canberra? Well, Canberra's relaxed its, or ACT's relaxed its borders uh, in the last 24 hours, but it still lists 11 hotspot regions. Now, the first read through that 
released regions is we could probably field a competitive team to go to Canberra um, based on on that outside of those regions. Uh, what the curveball that got thrown to us uh, late last night was your playing group can't have been in those hot spots um, in these dates. Uh, so it wasn't about uh, where you live. It wasn't about your driver's license address. It was about whether you had been there. Well, anyway, unfortunately, Blacktown is one of those 11 listed regions. Right. There's 35 players at training last night. Yeah. yeah. So we can't go to Canberra for 14 days. Right. Um, yeah, mate, ex- extremely difficult to continue to follow the out of respect for the other teams. I need to make a decision really quickly whether it's fair for them to have their season schedules uh, regularly monitored and updated because of Sydney. Yep. Um, yeah. And I suppose, mate, the, the reality is now it's the we're nearing mid-January. This season or the regular season was wrapping up, I think, the 30th or 31st of January. The reality now is that even if we start playing baseball today, there's only a certain number of games that you can fit in during yeah. that time. Um, I thought you don't have that answer now, but again, the reality is that there will be a point where we'll just have to go, you know what, this is just not viable anymore from this day. We just can't get enough games in. For sure, mate. And um, don't know if I spoke to you about it this morning or yesterday, but not viable probably occurred 20th of December. Yeah. Um, we're just here trying to do what's right for the sport and we've got imports that are here that have given up Christmas with their families and I'm just trying to give them something uh, as well as the locals, the fans. I mean, they've been great um, and I just want to give them some content. Um, so, yeah, uh, viability. Um, yeah, forget about that. Um, so, look, it, it's that that date is looming, though, mate. Yeah, it's it could happen this afternoon. Uh, it could happen over the weekend. I'm just kind of sick of myself affecting others by saying, "Let's just see what tomorrow brings. Let's see what the next day brings." Like we just need to make a decision, as hard as it's going to be. And I'm sure I'm going to get the critics, but. I'm learning to deal with all that. So what is the right decision for my stakeholders, be it players, be it staff, be it fans? And I just think we need to continue to be honest and, and you know, hold our heads high that we did everything we could. Um, the last option that is keeping me sane is uh, the government has looked to help us out significantly in relocating to Lismore. Yeah. Regional New South Wales can play against Canberra tomorrow. Right. Um, Regional New South Wales, based on the traffic light system that happens with the Australian COVID, means that uh, I think Melbourne can play in Lismore. In regional New South Wales as well, yeah. Mm. So that for me would be having to relocate everything to Lismore 
Um, look, if you put this in order of, uh, of where do we sit and, and what's my educated uh, guess on this in order, it's uh, Lismore's our best chance. Getting to Melbourne's our, our second best chance in the short to medium term, and you know Canberra proves to be a lot more difficult than I thought. Um, Canberra or ACT and New South Wales borders were were never this yeah restricted, so I thought it was going to be the first ones lifted. But uh, news out of there this morning, um, yeah, isn't the case. So those rules are in place till the 18th of January. So there's nothing we can do to the 18th. I haven't got a calendar in front of me, but then after the 18th, I think the next weekend's 22nd or something of Jan. Yeah. Mate, we're running out of running out of weekends to play baseball. So, yeah, Canberra's not a real viability, but um, mate, frustrating. But yeah, yeah, frustrating for everyone. Tell us though about um, about the coaching staff and and the playing group. How they're, I suppose, continuing to try and prepare for it for. For game time, and I suppose for the, the imports as well, how they're managing to keep themselves amused while they're in Sydney and, and safe and well at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to be around that group in the last you know month or so with all these testing times because, yeah, just when you feel like things can't get any lower and, you, you know, you're feeling down and looking for solutions, you know, this group, the whole group, just picks you up and brings you to where they're at and they, they're training hard. They've got exhibition games that they're competing in. Um, they, they're hanging out together. They're sightseeing together. Their online group chats are active and healthy and fun and everyone's in great spirits. Um, there's no one to blame here. The Americans have come out here. The Americans have come out here from the US, obviously. Uh, we don't need to tell them about COVID affecting sport. They've just not played for the last 12 months because of this. They get it. Um, and so, yeah, we've just communicated with them every couple of days about updates and, mate, the coaching staff, just incredibly supportive, you know, on a business level, on a personal level, just a just a great bunch of men. Yeah. And, and, and a female there as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you go to the ballpark for, for training and you see these guys, who, who's that one player that um, – when you're driving in and you're feeling a bit average, who's that one player that you know you can turn to or look to and you know that immediately you're going to get, going to get a smile on your face? Uh, Cam Gibson at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, mate. One of the most beautiful, genuine lunatics you'll ever meet. <laughs> Just a wonderful human being. I had a, good, I had a chance to have a good chat to him. Uh, we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. and. Um, my only disappointment is I didn't get a chance to have a, a good in-depth chat with him because um, character is certainly um, – I suppose disappointing for him. I was keen to see him play. And it, by, his own, by his own admission, he's not the prettiest baseballer uh, in the world, but he's a gamer. He, th- he throws himself in. Uh, into every situation, yeah. battles till the last pitch of the of the day. He could be an Australian <laughs> with that kind of with that kind of attitude. And I, and I think the fans, hopefully, we still get to see him, more of him. But a guy like that, it, it's yeah, great to have around the ball club and, and be part of this team. Yeah, mate, it's it's exactly it. He's he's funny. Um, he he's attempt 
at um, the Australian accent is priceless. Um, he was telling us a story. I actually did it on the microphone at the exhibition there the other week. He uh, he's petrified of spiders, and not a great country to come to if you're petrified of spiders. No, and unfortunately, in his uh, apartment at Parramatta, he was visited by a uh, uh, very healthy huntsman in the bedroom. <laughs> and those that, those things, their legs, they just span to be who's bigger than they actually are. Anyway, um, the way he did the run out of the room and the high knees and just uh, uh, he escaped that room quickly and then him and Jacob Robson tried to vacuum this thing up, but the body of it wouldn't fit in the vacuum head. <laughs> and you just, the way they retold the story and they were just so scared of holding the vacuum and oh, I just wish there was a camera there, mate. It's uh, they're just a great bunch of guys. And, but yeah, mate, when that, when they crossed that white line, I mean, Cam the other night, I think he had you know, five hits across two games was filthy at the end of the night. Mm. Just loves getting dirty and hustles and just a great, great athlete. And we heard that. We, we heard that about him. Will not be the prettiest baseball you've ever seen, but will be the biggest grinder and that's, that's how he's gotten to double A and, and hopefully will continue to go in that direction. Um, I'd have him back, yeah, any year he wants to come back here. He's true professional on the field and a barrel of laughs off the field. Yeah, he's, he's great. Amazing. And we need to touch on Manny Romero's situation. Uh, obviously came here with, with great fanfare, but um, we saw uh, announced this week he has been released due to some health and injury reasons. Obviously disappointing across a, a range of fronts that it hasn't quite worked out. Yeah, mate. Um, where do you start on that one? Um, disappointing, frustrating, heartbreaking. Um, you know, you and I spent a couple of months in, in this whole lead-up and we knew he's he's worth to the country and to our game and my personal love of the guy and, yeah, it was just a really, really tough period and then tough decision to make and I definitely didn't make it for myself. I did it just to be transparent and honest to the fans that, we can't continue to have him in the ball club anymore. And, yeah, I've I've copped criticism and I've copped a lot of support, which I'm appreciative of the latter. And I'm just learning quickly that you'll never keep everyone happy. But, uh, yeah, the criticism, uh, yeah, it's there's a lot of information there that's not, not known and I'm okay with that. I, I just got to keep my head high and know that I'm doing everything I can and, and you know, doing the right things for our sport and, yeah, I'm sleeping okay. How tough was that conversation with him? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't even know how to explain it publicly. It took me six days to make the call. Yeah. I wanted to do it each day. It's kind of like the worst breakup I've ever done. <laughs> um, and... Mate, it was emotional. Like, I wouldn't lie to you. There were days where I couldn't make that call. Um, there was, you know, lumps in throats and hair on end and anxiety and um, sweaty palms and genuine, this isn't how I wanted this to go. This yeah. is a, an emotional and a financial investment that meant a lot to me in the game. Um, 
And when it happened, yeah, it was one of the most nervous things I've ever done and I was I was emotional about it and yeah, it's it was it was weird, mate. It was weird. And I, I never want to do that ever again. Um I've been in business for twenty odd years and hired and fired a stack of people. Nothing like this ever. Yeah. Tell us, I had the good fortune of, of heading out to a training session before Christmas and just seeing him around the team. And and we spoke leading into him coming to Sydney that um, all the dealings that, that you guys had had, that yourself as, as the owner, the, the coaching staff and also the players, everything was pointing towards him being just a decent human and would fit in really well and he wasn't going to be the big leaguer. He to me, he showed every part of that. The way he, the way he engaged with the players at training, the way the professionalism with the way he went about his business. I, I stood there and watched um, as he was taking batting practice. So he got in and took his cuts. Then he went and waited for his at bat, and he wasn't just standing there and signing autographs and talking to whoever's standing around. He was sitting there watching every pitch, and he was thinking about every single thing that was was happening. He was checking his, his swing, his step, his hands the whole lot like it was he wasn't here for a holiday he, he was here to play baseball and even at the age even at the age of 48 to become a better baseballer and you could watch the you could see the the other players standing around seeing that as well and i suppose them getting an insight but he, he is in the elite of the elite of the elite of this sport yeah this is a rare opportunity even though the guys didn't get a chance to play alongside him to just see how he carries himself, how he prepares, how he continues to to ready himself to go, you know, into a training field or or, or a or a, into a game, that's invaluable for for these guys to have experienced. Mate, you, you've nailed it, and I'm I'm glad that people like yourself were able to witness that because I could have sat here and said the guy was the ultimate professional in a batting cage. The guy mm. is a genius baseball hitting mind mm. um, I could have told people that he's the class clown in warm-up mm. and people are like oh yeah you know you wonder what he's like you know and you've witnessed it it's it's impressive to watch yeah. um, you know at, at, at that point of this whole timeline it was everything that we could have dreamt of he was he was great he was people hung off every word he said and he didn't big league us never has even to today has never big leagued us. He's professional and he's understands the decision that I had to make. And yeah, no, mate, you've nailed it. He the players have thoroughly enjoyed his time. They would have loved to have played with him, but they got to train with him. Yeah. The um we sort of said we're not too sure where this is headed at the moment and, and it is you know, in every sense, a day-by-day prospect. But I suppose a chance for you now to um, to speak to the fans about, uh, I suppose, your appreciation for them, the fans, the members, those who've watched from afar, um, and I suppose for their their patience as well through this whole this whole time. Yeah, mate. Look, you know, thank you for that um, platform to do that. Um, I really want to keep it short and sweet because I think many factors and COVID factors, the one thing that has 
troubled me the most is that Sydney hasn't had baseball content this this year and our fans and our members from local and afar have missed that and have missed the hard work we we attempted to put in for the last nine months. So it's a it's a tough pill for me to swallow that that I can't provide that for them and, and I know they're understanding of why but their their support that the messages I get uh, what else can you say but but thank you and I know you understand but we invest a lot of time every day to come up with these solutions to give you the product um, the players can go and play state league this weekend you know they'll get some baseball in uh, they want to play for the Sydney Blue Sox and they want to do it in front of our fans that when that place is full and, and, and we're successful, it, it rocks, mate. I, I love being there and they love it. And so, yeah, in short, mate, uh, there is nothing else I can say except just a genuine thank you for, yeah, your patience, understanding, um, support, and, yeah, admiration and love for this game that, that we try and put on, yeah, over the summer. Mate, thank you for your time. I know you've got um... – Plenty on your plate at the moment. I appreciate uh, you giving us this time and to give us an update and, and give the fans an update as well. Uh, look, we will catch up again in uh, in the very near future. Until then, um, we're hanging in there and uh, time will tell how this is going to pan out. Absolutely. Thank you, mate. Great. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Well, there he is, Adam Dobb, the owner and CEO of the, the Sydney Blue Sox. Just an incredibly tough time for him. He's put so much uh, of his time and effort and, and dollars into this as well to get this season up and going. And as he said, we just want to see baseball on the park here at Blacktown International Sports Park. It is a day-by-day prospect. And again, to all the fans, thank you for your uh, for your patience, your understanding, and hopefully we can get something out to you very, very soon. Thanks again for watching or listening and watching the podcast if you're watching through, uh, through YouTube. But again... We ask that you continue to follow the City Blue Sox on their website, on socials as well, City Blue Sox on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter for all the latest updates. It, it is a day-by-day prospect, as we said. But uh, again, thanks for your patience. I hope to see some baseball happening very, very soon. In the meantime, thanks very much. We'll catch you next time. Blue Sox Banter is a Karis Communications production hosted by me, Glenn Hawke, for the City Blue Sox.